Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For once, we are coming to you with good news. It's it's crazy. Everything's happened in the past couple of days. Coleman's been sacked. We might have a new consortium pending EFL approval. Mick McCarthy's in the northeast buying BMWs, and I'm joined by Connor Bromley. What an exciting day! Yep, big day. I'm looking forward to this. Not often I look forward to a podcast, but we didn't even get beat this weekend. I don't even think we'll probably talk about that. I think it's all going to be takeover, new managers, Chris Coleman feeling a bit sorry for him. Mm. Um, Goldsmith will turn up at some point as well. Uh, Johnny Goldsmith is due in the studio, but um, he thought he, it was half five. Yeah, he cocked up the time, didn't he? Yeah, it's always five. Can't be a journalist if you can't keep time. Well, he's not, he's um, he's a radio journalist, isn't he? Ah, different. It's <laughs> a, bit, Very different. a bit different. Radio, the one where they have to be on air at a certain time. Yeah. Yes. Timekeeping is important. Yes, timekeeping is important. Right. Anyway, so Stuart Donald looks to be heading a consortium. Ellis Short has written off the debts owed to him. To make this deal go through, it's pending approval. You spoke to some Eastley commentator guy yep. who was relevant to Eastley, I'm sure. Well, he's the commentator, yeah. Knows what, him well. What did he say about Stuart he Donald? very, very positive. Uh, well, very negative from his perspective. He thinks Stuart Donald's probably the best thing since sliced bread for Eastley. Um, he's turned that club from a team that played in front of 200 people to a team that plays in front of 3,000. He has incentives for fans. Is it? You know, he does four free games a season just to try and build up the support. I know that's probably not something that translates to Sunderland, but you could see that as being, you know, ticket deals where for four games a year, you know, you take the kids for free, all that sort of mm-hmm. crap. Away support. He, he pays for the travel for away fans. Travels with the away fans. Drinks with them in the pubs before the games. Knows them on a personal one-to-one basis. Obviously, our away support's probably more considerable than theirs, so you might not be able to do that, but. Mm-hmm. Could be one of them where he does, you know, sit in with the the fans for away games. I think he's going to be the sort of owner or chairman who is going to be 
visible. You know, we're going to see a lot of him. He's going to be very he, different he, Ella Short. He looks like he's going to be kind of, obviously he's going to have an investment, but he looks like he's going to be like the Nile Quinn figure, doesn't he? Yeah, I think... Like the front of all, front of house. Yeah, I, d- I did ask Ian that uh, yesterday. Ian's a commentator I spoke to, and I, I don't think he knew enough about sort of Nile Quinn's role at Sunderland. But I, I got the impression that's the kind of owner he's going to be. He's going to be hands-on in the sense of, you know wanting to know what's happening but not you know meddling with tactics meddling mm-hmm. with the manager I mean he's managerial record something that does slightly concern me is the fact he has went through five managers I think in three years mm-hmm. which is a bit worrying but on the flip side if it's not working it's not working he has had big name managers for that level he, Ronnie Moore's been a manager there who he's managed it you know Rotherham Hartlepool Tramier amongst others uh, Martin Allen's been there as well and he's managed you know Leicester before and you know, the big name appointments for that level, so he obviously has a pulling power that is but, but are you are you what do you think about his pulling power in terms of a club the size of Sullen? Because when I when the news first broke, I knew he had something to do with Oxford before as well, and Eastley, I immediately thought and this was just initial reaction, this is a bit tin pot. do, do does he have the one the money because I, I think his net worth is only about seven or eight million. I understand he's heading a consortium, but does he have the necessary experience to, to take on a club like Sullen? Possibly, but I think it's going to be a big, big step for him. I think it will, but think about it is, you know, if he was a manager, he's essentially done a very good job at a lower league club and he's now taking that step at the league one because mm. if he's going to be more the front, I, I, I don't know how much of his personal wealth is going to be involved, but if he's more the front for all of this, then it, it sort of is... It is more like a, a role, and he's got experience now. You know, he, he's proved himself at a lower level, and, and he needs to translate that to the high level. But the the investors have obviously contacted him and thought that he was going to be, you know, somebody good to run the club who could run it effectively. By all accounts, he's done that easily. He's done all the right things. He's worked with the community, built up the stadium, built up the training facilities. Apparently, he's invested uh, ten million pound in Eastleigh. So I, I don't yeah, know. I saw how- that don't know how much he's worth you can't find much on him on the internet i mean even just he doesn't even have a wikipedia page and stuff which is the instant mm. thing that you do, do is google it you know and check what he's worth and you, you you struggle to find sort of anything on him he seems to be quite although open with a lot of things i think his finances and business interests i think are reasonably on the down low interestingly though he, he was brought into eastley by glenn hoddle yeah, yeah. which is curious because i you know glenn hoddle's got his you know critics but He's a big football person. He knows what he's talking about, I would say, the majority of the time, and he brought him in. So it, you must have something about him for that to happen. Mm. Yeah, um, and Eastleigh FC have nothing but praise for the man, really. Everyone's really supportive of him. And as you mentioned earlier, the the link between the Eastleigh fans and chairman is something we haven't had at Sunderland for a long time. And the fan base is down, to say the least. Just how vital... Could that be? I'm getting sorry. I'm getting WhatsApp messages. We, we, we need we need somebody to to come in and who has experience of. Oh, there's Goldsmith. Oh, here's Goldsmith. He's hey, coming man. in. Where Goldsmith. is he? Come on, come on, come in, Goldie. Uh, We're recording already. He's late. He's, He's late. late. Come on. Not good. I've just realised I didn't do the three word review either. Do it now. I'll do it now. Oh. So we asked, give us your three word review of the takeover stuff, the departure of Chris Coleman, and the rest of the crack from this past weekend. Who are Michael Martin? Fuck Michael Martin is a better one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, Jed and White said Shorts Bank Redemption. Hazy said Better Times Ahead. A Beavers said Why Sack Coleman. Um, Alex J McCain says Third D- Division Demolition. Jay Hanna says Nailed on Invincibles. Lee Taylor says Tears for Coleman. Lee Taylor says Incoming McMack. Joseph Gorman says Get the Cans. Dan Nicholson says Where's the Catch. Shane Hagen says Love Sumler Me. Cameron Johnson says want full stop Coleman full stop back um, Bartell says classic fucking Sunderland Crawling King Snake says they're not Irish and Reese Benson says League One champions how how likely is that to happen do we think no idea I think one of the things that we do need to take is uh, not just be full blown optimistic because if it's an investment firm that is getting involved then you know, they're not doing it for the love, they're doing it for purely business reasons. And I think while Stuart Donald seems to be the sort of guy who does lead with his heart and is passionate, you know, you don't know what the business interests are of, you know, that company. So I think there's got to be a little bit a little bit of trepidation. You've got to be, you know, 
not fully positive I mean one thing they have done is they seem to have got rid of Chris Coleman without speaking to him which I don't think sits well with me and it probably doesn't sit well with you guys it either it doesn't sit well with me and I think no. um, I think we should uh, put on record our thanks I mean Chris Coleman or his wife Charlotte or Sonny probably not going to listen to this podcast but if anybody um, if they do if anybody oh, if they do and if anybody knows him I'd, I'd like to put on record our thanks for his dignity um, sticking with us when he didn't have to taking the job in the first place uh, crucially, he never he never turned on the fans or blamed anybody but himself. He acted with uh, well, he was just he was just a nice guy, wasn't he? He acted with class. He acted yeah, with he class. Put on like, um, he put belief into the fans again. I think like a small little bit of belief, and he believed in himself. And you need to start from there. Start believing in yourself as mm. a manager, and that would like eventually go into the players. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, he had a. a poor record really in the grand scheme of things I can understand why the new owners did think right okay this guy you know hasn't done a great job but he's working in hard circumstances and I think it's difficult to judge I don't think Chris Coleman will be judged by other clubs off this run at Sunderland I think it was I'd like, to, be... I'd like to think that he's still a legend in my eyes for what he did for Wills he'll yeah. always be a legend in my heart I mean, I mean Chris Coleman <laughs> no, he, he, he will be I'm, it's, for what he did for my country is cannot be understated yeah. even if it didn't work out for mm. me for me club name uh, I mean Coleman I think um as I say, he's, he's good at talking, good at motivating, but he just didn't have a good enough team to make that motivation work in on the pitch. And so, like, uh, obviously, the record that he had was worse than Simon Grayson's, I think. And no, no, his record was better. Was it? Yeah, just okay. right. I was I was doing all that. Uh, <laughs> I actually wrote an article <laughs> for the site that right. was uh, going. I wrote finished it on Sunday morning, and it was going to be published on Sunday night. And then Sunderland, literally about half an hour after I finished Sunderland, well, like Chris Coleman's gone. How I haven't got any words. How many words was it? The fact he literally. It was quite long. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd interviewed Danny Collins, Paul Thurwell, Ian Murder <laughs> about you know whether or not they thought he should stay. Did a Twitter poll. Did sort of a bit of my reaction, and then. Uh, Obviously, it's now just worthless. It's just going to be in the archives of Rogue Report and never ever used or for anyone to see other than me. Shite. I think that, like, when Chris Coleman was sacked and then a few minutes later, you know, the new owners have been announced, I think it's like they must have agreed we don't want him, basically. Mm. We must have someone else in mind that they thought, well, yeah, we'll take over, but uh, we want him going first or something like that. I mean, well, there's rumours of an £80,000 a week contract, which I don't don't think it can be true. I know we've been told sort of with authority that it is, but eighty grand a week. We get told absolutely. a lot of things with supposed authority that turn out not to be true. Though, that's so. true. I mean, they're doing that. That's, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's the way it should be in terms of the manager getting paid more than the players. That's uh, eighty grand a week is absolutely preposterous. If he's on eighty grand a week, then it's, it's, it shows how bad the previous regime yeah. was because, you know, that. Eighty grand can be invested in so many. If they can't afford to buy a player, I mean, if Coleman's winning about a transfer budget and he's on eighty grand a week, then that's mm. why we can't afford well, he, players. He, he was he wanted to take a pay cut, didn't he? So that, that could be problem. Anyway, Sunderland did a very good job of trolling us. I thought um, when this news broke because it was re- announced that Coleman and Kit Simons had been released from the contract, and I went absolutely fucking potty and started <laughs> calling Ellis Short every <laughs> cunt name under the sun. Uh-huh. And then twenty minutes later, we had a new takeover deal on in the offing, and everyone was made to look a bit silly, really. Yeah, no, I think, I think it was right. a balmy afternoon. We we all, uh, I think everyone was, you know, getting yeah, right. Everyone was rotten, cold, shorts and dick, and then ten minutes later, I was oh, he's actually a nice guy. If he's written <laughs> off the dead. Yeah, I actually like looked. So, at that thank tweet. you, Ellis. <laughs> I wrote a tweet saying, you know, it's interesting how you can sack Chris Coleman and still employ Jack Rodwell, who's on seventy grand a week, and then like I don't know what's going to happen with him, but anyway, then you want to come in, and then you wiped off the debt, as I say, and it's like so. Can fans stop slagging him off now? Because he did actually do us a favour in the end. I, I must point out that you, you must put a pound in the swear jar that we don't carry around all of yeah. the time with us. Just <laughs> That's fine. Some the, certain Twitter user goes off. The thing yeah. is, is about the the writing off the debt. I, I know it, it looks very good on paper, but I think he, he could have done it. Far he, he, should, more he, he should have done it before. If he was going to write off the debt, then he, should, he could have done it. I mean, if he can do it now, then it's, yeah, I guess you could yeah, say yeah, So why didn't he do it like last I, season? I don't think he has written off the. De- I think the debt. He has technically written off the debt, but I, I think. In terms of that, the, the takeover deal, while know nothing about it, I believe that there'll be clauses in there that will essentially give him some of that money back. Because there's no way you would write it off yourself. Because mm-hmm. he's put the club in a position now. If he just said, right, okay, I'm writing off that whatever, hundred million, it's gone, and 
just took the club from scratch himself in League One, he would have been able to take it up into the championship and probably sell it for more money mm. next year. And he didn't do that. So obviously there was an incentive for him to to write off the debt. And I think the incentive probably was that he'll get bonuses for when we do receive promotion, probably a percentage of the sale. If we are taken over by an investment firm, the idea is they're going to be sold within five to eight years. In a better position than yeah. we are now. So I bet you there's a percentage of that that's going to be involved in, you know, in the takeover so you know short will maybe take 20% of that and all that will add up and eventually probably will still be out of pocket but I think it's been cleverly portrayed yeah, yeah. to make it look like Ellis Short's paid off all the debt when I mm. don't believe that <laughs> I think there's far more that meets the eye to that deal I don't think it's been a simple case of I'll oh, have the club for free we're not going to learn how much the takeover price is if there is a price what, what's you know? hilarious for me is that the fact that um, the notorious Martin Bain was blissfully unaware that a takeover was even happening he wasn't kept in the loop he was as shocked as everybody else which but, I, I find absolutely hilarious but that also I know we're not big Bain lovers to say the least but that also puts in how difficult his job must have been if Ellis Short is selling the club behind his back and he's meant to be running the club on a day to day basis how much did he know about the things that were going on he must have had absolutely no clue no I think I think day to day running he was the man that knew everything but obviously Short's <laughs> the one that decides to, to sell the club on yeah, but to sell it without even telling without but, even giving but, him yeah, a whisper but that, but that, that, yeah it's, but it's funny But and it doesn't mean that like you know Martin Bain wasn't in control of you know the day to day running the purse string but, but I mean obviously Ellis Short controlled the money coming in I think if I wish Martin Bain would, I know he might write a bias book but I wish he would write a book on this two years he's had at Sunderland because I bet he's got some stories and things that he's had to do and he's dealings with Ellis Short because I just kind of understand how, if it's true, that he didn't know the club was getting sold. Like that, even if you are just running it on a day to day basis, you must get an inkling. Like, short would have went, oh, something might be happening tomorrow. And he, he didn't. That's yeah. the, like that just seems crazy to me. He obviously, Martin, I've sent you an email. Could you please release the statement on the club's Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Well, probably that's exactly what it was. Can you tweet something like? You know, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, this signals the end to Martin Byrne now, because surely he can't. He can't. If they let him come and go for eighty thousand a week because it's too much, then surely Martin Byrne's salary will go as well. I don't know how much he's on, but yes, it's, it's quite a lot. I think uh, there'll probably be a, a transition period. I think Byrne will probably stay on until. They get all the the back, you know. The back I think I heard that they were going to bring in like a director of football sort of uh, situation, like manager and director of football. Well, that's what um, they have at Eastleigh. At the minute at Eastleigh, it's Richard Hill, who was the manager there. He's he's currently running the director. We, of football, we have so. got to get back to like a good solid football setup because we're going to talk about business all we want, but we need footballing people involved. Otherwise, the business won't grow because the f- results on the football pitch won't be good. Well, I think Stuart Donald. One of the things that he doesn't have to worry about, which he did at Eastleigh, is. You know, he had to worry about building the facilities and building the training ground and building uh, up the stadium. Uh, and now, you know, the infrastructure is all there. And everyone will tell you that the infrastructure at Sunderland on paper is very good. The facilities are very good. But the problem is that they didn't have any good, you know, the burning, football. The burning question, though, is will he get rid of the pink seats? I think that's a good marketing a massive, campaign. Massive PR, PR coup if he yeah, does that. First think... thing through the door. Give me them red seats. People, there'll be renewals all over the place. Left, I'll Doesn't renew. If he, if he comes in and says... Have a red seat. I'll go out renew. Well, I think you know it'd be interesting to see how many people do renew, especially if they do spend a little bit of money in the summer. And I think that the expectation is certainly from the fans, and I, I presume you know the new owners is that they are going to spend, and we're going to have the biggest budget in the league next year. But we year. only need about five million to have a really good League One team. Yeah, and about about six million buys you probably the best League One team has ever been. And they need to 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 watch what other teams did you know when Southampton went through a similar process they were a bit worse off financially but they eventually got taken over you know they bought Ricky Lambert and he was a you know Morgan Schneiderlin went when they're in Grand Holt was the down there with um with Norwich as well with Norwich yeah. but the thing is you, you buy them players and they need to be players that can grow with your team well, you know. Jamie Vardy for Leicester did yeah. he not get bought um, in League One as well I think, I think it was, it was it just was... when they went up but, but I, it was, it's a similar he, point he though, played yeah. in League One with Fleetwood didn't he or was that League Two anyway he's been down there I think he was in the conference. No, he was bought from the conference. It was really? before Fleetwood went up. Mm. He's the fir- the first million pound conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is he Stuart Donald's going to have to to look at the, the other examples, and there is examples there, and he can learn from what other teams did to get out the league. I mean, sometimes it does take you two years. It took Southampton two years. Took Leeds, I think, three or four years. Some of them don't go straight back up. Some of them do. But he needs to look at building the club properly. You know, even if it takes two years, you know, mm. we need to be in a stronger position when we're in the championship next time. The other thing we've got to worry about, of course, is what a lot of teams have done. Sheffield Wednesday in particular, they've, they've came up and they've spent, they've not went up. My concern is that with an investment firm, is that you cannot get up. It's difficult to get out the championship. You see teams like Derby, 
you know, look at the money Borough spent. Look at the money virtually every team in that top 12, apart from Millwall, has spent. And you think, right, well, everyone means business there. It's a difficult mm. league to get out of. I mean, I know we've said it's a shit league all season. And we're at the bottom foot, of it. <laughs> the football on offer isn't isn't great in the championship. I honestly think there's there's a lack of managerial quality. Other than other than Nuno at Wolves and Neil Warnock, who's a bit of an old fashioned kind of you know. You uh, see the same names, don't you? you? Yeah, you do see the same names. I honestly don't think managers. Well, you could level this at managers in the in the Premier League as well, but I don't think they get the best out of the resources. No. I, I, re- I really don't. I think I think there's there's well Neil Warnock's kind of proved it. You, you can sign players. And not spend that much money and still do well. The guy at Millwall's proved it as well. I think sometimes it's, it's Millwall not. haven't even spent a million pounds on a player. I don't think, if I believe right. Millwall, yeah, they've done it on a shoestring. But I mean, I've, Millwall's played Sunderland twice this season, and they're no great shakes. No, it's absolutely exactly. baffling that they're up there mm. in where. But you know, we know what our issues are. Because, if we had goalkeeping, we you know we probably would have been. Mm. I think that Millwall have just got a, a clear team and I an identity together, a, a playing style. I think I, I read something from. I can't remember what he's called. I think he's the captain. He's like thirty-five players up front. Steve Morrison. Yeah, and he was just like, we we don't change our football and style. So it doesn't matter who we play. We're just going to be absolute shit houses. We're going to stand on your toes, and we're just going to get like in your face. And to be honest, if that happens to us in league, well, I'd love it. Yeah. Like, if if we just sign like I don't know, I saw Daryl Murphy's name mentioned or something like a thirty-five-year-old jobber striker <laughs> that's just going to like be a battering ram. Well, I think maybe we should talk about you know who the manager could be. Yes, that's well, Mick mm. Mac. Mick McCarthy has been spotted at a BMW dealership in where is it Bolton Bolton, Bolton sorry not Bolton, Bolton. <laughs> um, yes he was spotted there and he was at the Traveller pub yeah I drive past every day yeah yeah so you know he's got no reason to be in the northeast. really no business interests well apparently he does that's what the is that, an, is that not another one of these things where people go oh I saw this guy at CMU no no there's pictures uh, he's definitely there's, there there's pictures alright he's definitely there okay. it, was, it was an RTG thread so it must have some truth yeah yeah and then <laughs> obviously Roger Report picked it up and then all, all of the local journalists have picked it up as well but there's a couple of journalists that claim to be in the know that have said that he's, in, he's just up here for personal reasons but He's got no personal reasons of it, surely. Well, I mean, Can't he did imagine. live here for a few years. Yeah, I, I kind of—I've so. never heard of Mick McCarthy just randomly coming up with the northeast. I mean, people would be like, "Oh, Mick McCarthy's up here." Yeah, it all just seems to fit into place a bit too conveniently. Yeah, I mean, it? at the end of the day, you know, he's the favourite for the job. Number one, mm. number two, he's in the northeast. He's in the northeast. Number three, it's the day after our manager's been sacked and we've just been taken over. So something's but, happening. Yeah, quite a coincidence for mm. Mick McCarthy. I think yeah. whoever happens, I think it'll be. Um, after their season's end, I don't think it'll be like, and I don't think we'll know by like Sunday, for instance, who the new manager is. I think it'll be a bit longer than that. Um, I've, I've, you know, there's been mixed kind of opinions on Mick McCarthy. People saying that you know, why should we be going back to the past and such like? But you know, we're in a pretty dire position, and Mick McCarthy's experienced. And I've heard people say that he hasn't got anybody out of the championship for ten years. Well, we're not in the championship, so that's not his job remit, for one. But he's done it before. He's, I mean, I think like <laughs> and he's been be... at Ipswich, who have no budget. Ipswich yeah, it's a hell of a job. There. Ipswich haven't had any money for years. They've been in the Championship as long as I've been alive, pretty much. They've never had any parachute payments, anything like that. Well, and he's managed to keep them in a in a kind of he took, steady position. He took over the Roy Keane shit show that was there. Yeah, he, he did, was yeah. spending two million quid on Thomas Priskin and all the crap that went with that. You know, he, yeah. he spent an absolute fortune on rubbish there, and, and McCarthy's went in and. Sold some good young players for profits. Aaron Cresswell, Tyrone Mings, to name a few. There's others. Daryl that's done well yeah. for them this season. Yeah. I think I think McCarthy would be um, someone who obviously got sacked in the middle of a season, didn't really get to leave on his terms, uh, unfinished business. He'd say, and maybe it would be good for to come back. And then to make it stick around for a couple of years, I don't think it'd be a long term appointment. Get us back into the championship and then move on from there. But like, it would be nice if he can come back and leave on his terms rather than getting sacked I think mm. history oh. sort of has painted him in a better light than what he was in at the time I think at the time people were like oh god another 15 point season the guy obviously can't manage in the Premier League now we're looking and we're like right okay that was a really bad situation he was in he managed to take up you know in 3 or 4 or 4 or 5 we were a club that could have went you know lead sort of level mm. had no money finances were there I mean the players he bought the start of 4-5 Dean Whitehead Liam Lawrence Carl he, Robinson he, all them players did he bring in uh... Danny Collins as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Danny does, Collins, yes, Neil yes. Collins. Precisely. He yeah. brought in so many players and, from the Middle East. La- last week, Chris Chris Brown and Danny Collins were raving about him. They say you, you knew where he stood with him. Mm-hmm. And Chris Brown was saying that the things Mick McCarthy did for his career in terms of just roughing him up in training, 
like if a ball came across and Chris Brown wasn't getting there like Mick McCarthy would abuse him pretty much <laughs> and that stood him in good stead and helped toughen him up and I think yeah I think our players could use some of that well, I think if Ashley Fletcher was there next year I know he won't be but you know he could do with a bit of Mick McCarthy love mm. yeah a bit of tough love but I, th- I think some of our you know we've got a squad of very young players and if you look at the team he had at Sunderland in 2004-05 we had a squad of very young inexperienced players and, and what's more is that when he played for Celtic Scottish Cup final in the 80s players had to meet um, Margaret Thatcher and were instructed to shake a hand and he kicked up a fuss and refused to do it what a guy what more do you want <laughs> from a manager it sounds Thatcher. like such a Mick McCarthy thing to do I don't know I can uh, say hey yeah. fuck the Tories hey up <laughs> I'm not shaking your hand Margaret <laughs> quite within his rights as well she was a prick yeah, I, mean, I just realised I can do Mick McCarthy. That was a very good impression. Yes, <laughs> very good. After this, like, like, get that little clip and just make that a thing. This is Mick McCarthy, and you're listening to the Roger Report podcast. No, you've no, that's it gone. Now. It's gone. <laughs> no, you're fucked up. No. But I, right, Mick McCarthy, um, I'd be happy with him to be honest. I, d- I don't think we're in a position to kind of have some, you know, ground sweeping philosophical manager coming in. I think, um, I think we need stability. Obviously, we'll talk about Roy Keane as well, but like he needs to be at a club that has a lot of money involved. I think um, he seems to be like to spend a lot of money when he was here, uh, as much as I mean, like eight million on Anton Ferdinand and all that. <laughs> um, so that was, that when it all went to shit at the end, yeah. So I, th- I, I feel like. I'd like Roy Keane back and I think he again got unfinished business here but I think maybe we don't have the money for him that he would want if, if anyone wants to talk themselves into Roy Keane just read his book I mean I, I have read his book is good, like, <laughs> I read his book and be like I've read both of them yeah I've read it yeah great I love it yeah but both of them are so good the second one uh, especially well, the about Sutherland <sighs> just gives yeah. you goosebumps listening to it that when he spouts off at Ferguson I just think what a guy like Nobody spelled tough as Ferguson. He was a captain, won so much. Other, I was like, oh, it's fucking knob. I, I, still, I still love that story about when Ella Short was texting him before the game at Old Trafford saying, Oh, uh, good luck, Roy, expecting three points today. And Roy's like, Who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? Like, you know, Conor Mayweather still. Who the fuck is this guy? But yeah, no, I would like to see Roy Keane. You say Conor well. Mayweather? Conor McGregor. Oh, he's economy with it. Yeah, I thought he said that as well. <laughs> did that one? Well, oh, I, I might have done it if two people say I did that. <laughs> I think uh, Roy Keane, uh, while Rose tinted glasses, I think he wouldn't come down to leave one. Nah, I don't think. I he think would he. Uh, I think he's obviously got unfinished business. I don't think he's got any any desire to being being club management anymore. When Martin O'Neill, uh, Martin O'Neill still is my idol manager, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is. I think Roy Keane will probably take that once he's gone because he's there now. I don't think he will like. I yeah. think they view him far too volatile to take that position. I think there was the, a bit the of FA, the FA. I don't really like him because of the uh, the whole tw- yeah, exactly. two thousand two World Cup thing. One name I, I did which, say, which involved Mick McCarthy as well. One name I did say was Michael Appleton, and I'm like, he's built like a shit house, whatnot, but he's not a very good manager. He hasn't been. He's not not a very good manager, but I just, you know, he did a good job at Oxford. He did a difficult job at. Um, well, he, that's why he's been linked because of the, um, the Oxford, Oxford link but the the, the favourite at the moment is Mick McCarthy who was 1-3 on you've got Chris Wilder at 7-2 Michael Appleton 6-1 Paul Cook 8-1 Yap Stam 14-1 I fucking hope that doesn't happen Roy who's Keane's, Paul Cook? Paul Cook manager he's just yeah. took them up who? so it doesn't really Paul <laughs> uh, who's your manager of sorry? Wigan is it? Oh, right. Wigan Athletic we have oh, played yes. them in the Premier League yes. <laughs> yeah. previously <laughs> we, got, we got Catamull from them yeah, yeah. Yes, but, I know who we. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know why he'd come down to us after just taking them up. Well, same as Chris Wilder. I really want to leave Sheffield. Well, apparently match. he's had he's murmurings of yeah, murmurings with board and rested at uh, Sheffield. United. I think uh, he thought that uh, there was actually an, a thing on him on Sky Sports. Oh, by the way, John O'Shea's twenty to one. <laughs> it's just his birthday today, actually. Is it? Yeah. Um, How old is he? Five thousand. Things thirty-eight, <laughs> but Chris. Back to Chris Wilder. He um, he wanted, I think, a bit more backing when they were going for the playoffs in January. He should have got it as well. And he, he didn't was get doing it. Really yeah. And you know, I think that he's try, he's playing with Clayton Donaldson, Billy Sharp, yeah, Leon Clark, Kevin Kevin Phillips is also sixteen to one. I don't think Phillips will get it. I'd Mind want, you, somebody. Treated, I don't want Phillips to get it. To be honest, somebody treated me and they were like, "If Kevin Phillips get it, I am effing never coming back to this club or something." Today, I was like, right, "Really?" Right. <laughs> it's like if Phillips came, I would, I would certainly talk myself into it being a good idea. Yeah. Like we'd all be ranting and raving about it. Oh, Super Kev's back. Yeah, that would be. It's one of those things oh. where like you could ruin your reputation. Or like you know, could do really well as a player. Comes here as a manager. 
doesn't do the job and then yeah. like tarnishes your career. I would cool. imagine. Shall we have a quick um, a quick promotional break? So yeah, I didn't think we we're doing promotional breaks anymore. Well, we are doing a promotional break. Right. Hello and welcome back to the Rubber Report podcast, the takeover special edition, Coleman gone. We'll move on to Mickey Gray, who has been acting like the Oracle. Is he the Oracle? Does he know anything? I think he's got lucky. Well, there's a rumour to suggest, or which is flying around, that he had connections with a with one consortium which has failed, which was a group of his mates, so now he's just pretending to be in the know just for his talk sport show. Spots didn't he say? Up. Didn't didn't he respond to someone when they asked, "Would this be a good move for the club?" And he said, "No." Yeah, yeah something like that. I mean, I don't know what Mickey Gray does or doesn't. Know. He probably knows more than me, but he probably does. But I mean, he's not really directly involved at the company. More, he said, wasn't he? But what does he mean, like banned from the club once by a short for comments he made or something like that? Wasn't he like banned? Ah, uh, yes, he was. Yeah. I recall that. I think he's probably not banned anymore. But yeah, you know, I mean, Mickey Gray. <laughs> I think it is just a case if he spat his dummy out. You mm. know, I mean, I quite like him as a pundit, and I've been over talking with him. He seems like a decent bloke. I quite like him as a pundit. A bit well. arrogant, but, you know, well, he's a, I was going to say he's a footballer. He's probably earned it. He is worth a lot of money, and he's a good looking lad. He showed up in a fancy car once, didn't he, when we were struggling? Ah, don't judge him too much for that. I mean, <laughs> no. if I bought a Ferrari, I would drive it to work as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a Sunderland fan, and, you know, he's passionate about the club, and, you know, has a reason to be frustrated as much as all of us do. So. Mm. No, yeah, I, yeah. I well, think he, he's, his main point seems to be that nothing has been signed, etc. Only agreed, but I think we can assume that this football league uh, check is going to go through. Eastley is probably going to be sold, and Ellis Short wouldn't have released that statement and agreed to wipe off the debt if they weren't pretty confident it was going to happen. But yeah, but also, I mean, the football league ratification. And they wouldn't. They wouldn't have sacked Coleman either. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is that the football league ratification. I mean, they pretty much let anybody own it. Because yeah, if Milan Mandrich and all of them, Massimo Cellino, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, think of the yeah, guys. That's what I was worried about. Like, someone like, yeah, well, <laughs> someone like Massimo Cellino. Oh no! But think about the guy who took over Porto years ago, and then the, like they only had just one picture of him, and it was just all a fake. Thing. I mean, was that Mandrich? It was, wasn't it? Nah, nah, Mandrich. Mandrich was a Porto, but yeah, he was. He was after him. To be fair, I don't mind the Venkies. Uh, yeah, the Venkies. There's yeah. so many examples of Guidemark, was it? Guy uh, he was the guy who was there and then he sold it to this chic guy who they only met once then he sold it on this because every, everybody's always you know bandying out that we need a fit and proper person's test for a club but how are you, how are you supposed to I think do you, you have the check. best intentions of this club at heart let me look at your finances I oh, believe Alice Short was the one who came up with the idea of freedom fair play as well he, like, he wanted financial fair play. Yeah, so like obviously when people complain about that not spending, it's like, well, Lee did suggest it, so he's going to stick to them. I, rules, say, I think he, financial fl- fair play is a, a flawed system because it goes on how much revenue a club gets, so it just it's pulled the ladder up from from the elite clubs, hasn't it? Yeah, the the gap's grown, but also it, it yeah. just seems absolutely ridiculous. As long as you guarantee that you can pay those football debts, and then who cares? If I want to spend a hundred billion pound on Sunderland, but I was like, and he has a check for a hundred billion just to prove that I've got it, mm. who cares? Well, it's not even that as well. You, you you've got to you've got to prove that you can get the revenue in and stuff. And so, oh, well, if you speculate to accumulate, then you're going to get the revenue, aren't you? Freedom. I think it's I think it's just bullshit. I mean, it's where's bullshit. where's Stoke got eighteen million from Bueller from? I mean, I don't. I just don't see you know. The money that these hit clubs spend, I don't think they really stick to these rules. But yeah, but they get TV money in that, don't they? Yeah, I guess so. And Bueller was a random one to pick up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gianni and Bueller, he was the problem. <laughs> did, he, did he go out on loan or something? Yeah, yeah, they, they don't have him now. I'm just thinking of like a club that spent a load of money, and I can't imagine them making a huge amount. It'd be interesting to see actually how Stoke do next year. I know this is just totally going on on the side, and there's so much to talk about something, but you know, they, they're going to go down, and they've got a team full of players like Shakiri and that. Mm. They're going to be in trouble next year. Peter Crouch will bust the championship next year, I reckon. I think it's time for us. Yeah, <laughs> nah, you know, that really. could be your son. Funnily enough, though, I did predict that we had a takeover. Report TV last week, you guys were there. I was like, the takeover will happen before. Mick McCarthy's before. coming in, signing 12 <laughs> players from league from the National League. Maybe. Half of them from Gateshead or something, I don't know. I have no idea who will <laughs> sign next, well, for this upcoming season. It's it's a case of having to, to learn a new league, because, I mean, I, knew, I know the Premier League, and I always knew the Championship I as well. Nothing but about one. the Championship, really, until we came into it. Oh, Still I, don't I always keep an interest, because I quite like watching I literally have no idea. I don't even know who the top scorer is you in the Championship. You know who Wigan Athletic are, man. I mean, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. League, uh, who's that? Wigan Athletic never <laughs> didn't win the FA Cup a few years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like... I don't know who's the top scorer in the championship and League One I presume is one of the top two teams or is it what one of the top two teams presume the top scorer is from one of those two teams like Wigan or it's Will Grigg in it 
Uh, I'm just um, I'm just buying some time while I Google it because I don't know him. <laughs> championship top scorers. Hmm. Oh, the championship, uh, the championship, not like grabbing. Nah. Oh, please. Not. I scored at the weekend. I know he scored at the weekend, but I don't think it's grabbing, is it? Championship top scorers. Top scorers championship. I think Vidra's up there. Yeah. Vidra. Oh, Vidra. oh, no, sorry. V- Vidra's leading because um, of two more assists than grabbing. Oh, so the tide. Yeah, so the tide. So that's. Bobby Reed from Bristol City lined it up as well. Leon Clark, like Leon, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, right? Leon Clark is not that good. Top scorer for league eighteen goals in the championship. Top scorers in League One is uh, Bradley Dack with eighteen for Blackburn, Brett Pittman with twenty two for Portsmouth, and Jack Marriott with twenty seven for Peterborough. Yeah, Brett Waghorn, Pittman. Waghorn, we all turned our nipple, noses up at Waghorn. Our nipples so. up. <laughs> nipples, yeah, and he's on fifteen goals, fifteen goals and ten assists. I saw that. To be fair though, he's, everything he hit at the start of the season was going. I think he scored like six or seven of them goals. I know, but ten, ten assists isn't bad. Oh, but does he header it? Mitrovic has got twelve for Fulham already. He's only been there since February. He's been class. He was he was good again. Mm. But apart from the fact he scored an offside goal, he was good against us yeah. on Friday. Yeah, well, Zoro's goal. What do you think? Cracking. Cracking. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the defender was fucking awful. Like, but I want to see with the new takeover is when it's officially ratified on that same day. Is like a Madger and Asoro new contracts. Joel Asoro signed a new four-year deal. Josh Madger signed a new four-year deal. Elliot Embleton signed a new three-year deal. And I want all them players signed up because they are going to be. Joel O'Shea signs a contract for life. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, is the new ownership does have to to look at the assets we've got within the club. They can build. They don't have to spend that much money because they can build from the young players we've got. Exactly. They just need to add a few heads who know that league and know how to get out I of it think, I think Gooch the likes of Gooch and Honeyman and Ethan Robson are going to be very very handy in that league yeah I agree I think you know I think Robson's to be honest been overlooked for a lot of the season by Coleman he played him for a few games and then dropped him when he made a mistake mm. I, I, I quite like Robson I think he knits things together quite nicely he's physical he, he breaks the play up he's never going to score you any goals or probably even get assists but he breaks the play up and he, mm. he you know he can he can you can pass as well, and I hope I hope Beadland comes back in and, and plays for us. I really do. It's looking, it's not looking likely, it's a, but I really hope he does. It's a chance though for them, sort of. You know, the regime's all going to change from top to bottom. If they've got rid of Coleman at this point, they're going to change everything. I don't think any ho- of the coaching staff I, are safe. I, well, I hope. Mm. Um, obviously, he's not coaching staff, but I hope Kevin Ball is is kept around as in um, is is in his ambassadorial roles. I hope he's given a little bit more. I well, yeah, I'd like to see him have a coaching job, and I think. Uh, you know, if Stuart Donald's got any sort of wits about him, he'll look at the. You'll probably have to assess the full staffing, but I think Kevin Ball is crying out to get a, a bigger role, and I think, you know, you'll probably listen to fans, you know, on that sort of thing, and and get probably you know get. It's it's a common sense, isn't it? If you want to if you want to have somebody advising you on how to rebuild the club, then there's no better than Kevin Ball. And th- there's no better though than even asking the fans, you know, what they think the problems have been, and then you can sort of address them. You know, don't give John O'Shea and you can't, even if John O'Shea isn't the problem, he's symbolic of the previous regime. Oh, yeah, so is Lee Catamull, you know, and mm. you need it. They need to if they're gonna have a fresh start in new ownership, they need to have a clean slate. I, from everything. I, I think O'Shea and Catamull need fresh starts. <laughs> really, I think really O'Shea do. will probably retire. Like, Eric's got one more club in him. I think he's got one more run. Mm. I don't Maybe. think he wants to retire. But you know, in play for as long as you can. That's what they always say, don't they? Yeah, I think he, I think he loves it, and I think he's I think he still thinks he can. Contact. Play a swap. Uh, bring Danny Collins in. Take turn him to Grimsby. I'd take that. Danny Collins is up for it as well. Danny Collins proper game for it. Proper, proper game. game. He said he played for us for free. Yeah, and do you know what? That's, that's Get him a, in. That's the sort of attitude. Yes. Yes. You should never you have fucking left. <laughs> Steve Bruce. That Steve Bruce. Wanker. Steve Bruce bringing <laughs> in Michael Turner to replace him. To be fair, Turner was decent for about six months under o- under O'Neill. He was alright. Oh, did Roy Keane not sell Collins? No, Stoke. no, oh, it was uh, oh. Brucey. Oh, okay. Uh, Wigan were in the Premier League then, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wigan were a Premier League. Team, oh right? my gosh! <laughs> well, it was it was Wigan that ended Steve Bruce because it was a, a two-one defeat it at was. the Stadium of Light. They've got absolutely robbed. Moses dived. Yeah, and the, yeah, we the, took the, the lead cries, in that game. Yeah, Larson. The I cries remember. of you fat Geordie bastard were were really deafening. It was horrendous. That's probably the most. That was very, very abusive. It was horrendous. And I was only about yeah. seventeen, so I was fucking pr- pretty much conducting it. Cause oh yeah, because that was the game where the first game of the season the tournament was against Newcastle. Yeah, I got beat one 0 But we beat Stoke like four 0 Ryan Taylor over the wall. But we'd lost to Chelsea as well. I think D um, fuck D G scored. Um, oh yeah, Andres Andres Villas Boas is Chelsea. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that now because Dan Sturridge scored. Oh yeah, that's right. Dan yeah. Sturridge played off the left wing. Anyway, this is um, this is digressed slightly, hasn't it? Yeah, we need to get the good old days. Get to start talking about Sunderland. Are there <laughs> any other? 
Have they got any questions? <laughs> no, not really. Um, Chris Cam didn't really put much of a plan together on my instruction, to be fair, because I thought we'd Question just wing it. I have for you. What about Kevin Ball then as manager in League One? Kevin Nolan. Fuck Kevin, Kevin Ball. Oh, Kevin Ball. Oh, yeah, take Kevin Ball. I thought you said <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> Kevin Nolan. <laughs> he wouldn't come here. He did a good job at Nost County, but I, I think, you know, he's, he's possibly. Has he taken them up? Is he going to take them I don't know. I, I'd, I'd take Kevin Ball as a manager in, in League One. I think my. I'm set on uh, Mick McCarthy like I'm absolutely mm. set I mean if Mick McCarthy was was the option I would take him yeah um, I think McCarthy even said when it came up in uh, what November when Coleman took it I remember watching an interview with him where he was like oh, I'd be interested if I wasn't in contract I'd he's, be interested. he's fucking hilarious as well well yeah he is he's a good bloke like, he's honest he's, he's an Ian Holloway but not as eccentric where you, he's a northern one you can go on YouTube and type in Mick McCarthy funny and there's reams and reams of, of material I don't know. that's why I think like you need someone like that who just says what needs to be said it doesn't take any crap from anyone isn't like a, a nice guy like Steve McLaren seems like a, a nice guy and too nice to be a manager that's why he's not very good because players just don't listen to him but like someone who commands respect like Mick McCarthy Mm. would be he's ideal just, he'll just come in and I can just see what he'll be like he'll just sort it out he'll, mm-hmm. he's a bit of a sort of a lower league Sam Allardyce I suppose yeah, yeah. And, and you know that's what we need we need somebody with a bit of charisma who and admittedly knowing the club and knowing what the club can do I and mean, you know McCarthy never saw the full potential but he did take them into the Premier League you know I think we could do with somebody like that somebody yeah. who the, the players can sort of identify with as well I just think it's a, it's a good appoint- it's a logical appointment even if he hadn't managed something before, he's the he's a manager with credentials. He's got championship credentials. He knows how to get out of the championship, and ultimately, the long term goal for this ownership group will be to get he the Premier League. He just wants a bit of love as well, does Mickey, and he'll get it. He, yeah, he, he, will. he acts all you know. He acts all hard, but he, he you know that Ipswich thing hurt him. I think so. Yeah, yeah well, um, yeah, that was the way that he like just walked out. Um, yeah, that was fu- that was funny though. He's got a mm. terrible record in Derby, so. Yeah, he has. He has. But so. he's always been the underdog in derbies, hasn't he? I mean, when we, when we eventually played Gateshead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spenny, watch that. Yeah. Uh, they're not yeah. Yeah, that, um, What about that Spanish uh, consort? Is that the, the, like, the owners, if uh, we got promoted, then, then sell it on to another <sighs> consortium or something like that? I suppose without uh, knowing much of the the I mean we had that what Thezen investment group we were looking at yesterday which was we were supposed to broadcast that on air I've got no idea oh okay well it's on oh there we go (laughs) no I think it is it's on Twitter Twitter. oh is it oh that's right yeah Yeah, it's on Twitter so there's like this this consult well this investment group allegedly involved that's worth what 15 billion you know I mean if they get in the championship and that's what the sort of money they got behind them in happy days but again I just want to you know, just don't want to get too optimistic. Now. I don't yeah. want you know the the snippet from this to be one step at a time. You know, fifteen um, billion. The next step is to see who's going to take over the as manager. Mm. It'll be an exciting summer. From there. I think last year we sort of came in with expectations that we would make a couple of splashes in the transfer market. And it didn't happen, but I think this summer there probably will be some players come in who will actually you know make the fans a little bit you know excited. It wouldn't surprise me if they brought in some good championship players for League One. Mm-hmm. And look at the, the sort of recruitment. I mean, Bradley Dack, you mentioned him before, but you know he came from Gillingham for Blackburn, and he's been a revelation. We need to sort of find that sort of player. Yeah. You know, Marcus Madison or something from Peterborough would be good. Mm-hmm. Tell you who's good on FIFA. Just... Who you could get it's um, Nottingham Forest have a striker called Ben Barrett, and he's a like seventeen year old. Oh, yeah. He was a really good player on FIFA. So I should say get him. him. <laughs> Johnny Goldsmith. <laughs> My scouting is there. FIFA. He's yeah. got on FIFA. Will do. He's got some strong analysis. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, well, I was playing FIFA. I don't know who Wigan are, but I, I was playing I FIFA. S- <laughs> I see your FIFA striker, and I raise you a football manager striker. <laughs> Carlos Fierro, get him. In. Well, I think Mangala's good on FIFA. So what does that say? This is true. That's yeah. true. Eva Alvarez Balanta. He was good. He was a good centre back on football. Balanta, I remember him. He was good. Benega was really good for years on football manager. But Eva Benega. Yeah, yeah. He's still good now. Yeah, he's still. Do you remember when we nearly signed him? Yeah, we do. <laughs> and then and there he... was the guy we nearly signed from Sevilla, who's now with Leicester, whose name has Abora, Vincent Abora. Vincent Abora, yeah. Yeah. yeah or, 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 or when we him. actually had like the likes of Johnny Evans and Danny Rose and Marcus Alonso at the club and still didn't sign him. Aye. Mm. Good times, mm. good times. Right, okay. What else have we got? Um, I'm just having a look at um, Tom Atkinson's article of Thesson Capital. They pretty much do the same thing that short companies do, and they take over uh, shitty companies, which I suppose Sunderland is at the moment, and they look to build them up. Yeah, um, they invest in it a little uh, bit. Uh, the, the whole financial jargon is very hard to hard to. I think essentially the the crux of it is is 
uh, you buy a factory that makes cars, mm. but all the parts are very old that make the cars. So what you do is, is you go, hmm, this business is not making money. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace all the machinery and make it more efficient. So i.e. buy more players invest in backroom staff I, th- I think these as you mentioned earlier with the facilities and stuff people are looking at Sunderland and thinking with a bit of TLC with a little bit of investment it's actually not hard to get it back to being quite a, a saleable and steady investment for somebody else I agree and I think they need the especially now the debts have been written off and or, I think supposedly one of the, the major faults of Ellis Short's reign is that he tried almost too hard to make Sunderland something it wasn't and I think back to that Roy Keane era after 07 08, we were a team that I would say was similar to like Burnley right now. You know, mm. just a team that was full of grafters, was going to give 100%, you know, maybe lacked a little bit of quality, but, you know, was always going to put a tartan. So even then, we went from that when Short came in and we started, just we buying, totally buying went away from right? that. You know, went to Shimbonda's, Juice, says, mm-hmm. and that's not something football that, club. That, Roy, that was Roy Keane's vision, though. I think, like, he was buying those players. I know, like, he had, but that, I think the money came in and changed his. But I think. The the fact is is from when Short came in, he tried to make Sunderland a, a sort of a football superpower, and he was going to try and buy went to Europe and stuff. And so that's I, I just not the think, way to do it. I don't it think Sunderland. he was trying to make a, a football and superpower. I just think he was badly advised. Like he just surrounded himself with with idiots who, well, who, who didn't know the football market. Well, maybe but successful I, markets. I just look at the the era since in it. I think when Sunderland works best in the times in my life where it's worked best, it's always been with. You know, a squad with names where you wouldn't oh, yeah. go. Take, take oh, look at that. Martin Scott and stuff like that. Yeah, Bloody and you look, Kevin and, Ball, and they moved away from that. And I think for Sunderland to be successful, we need to not try and be. I agree, but I honestly don't think that was Ellis. Ellis is like doing. I don't think he knew the club well enough to consciously think, oh, we're, we're just going to sign a fancy Daniel Hadjouf because he's a name. I, I honestly don't think that was it. Well, maybe, but I think that what essentially what I'm saying is the new owners though need to look at when Sunderland has been successful and when the fans have been behind it and it's always been when we have had players that you can sort of relate to you know like Danny Collins is mm. particular you look at him and you're like you know what he loved it he didn't want to leave and he loved it and it would be nice to, to sign some players in the Danny Collins mould in terms of them coming up through through non-league and, and exactly. maybe, maybe being a bit more grateful and I want us I want the way Sunderland to be run now to be run similar to Burnley where you know, I would I would love to be run like Burnley. Give yeah, Sean Dyche's manager. Financially, like fine. You've got a manager there who you know is not going to leave. You've got a squad full of players that you know is essentially being the same. They do buy the odd players to improve it, but when they buy the big name players, when they bought Chris Wood, Chris Wood is not, you know, that. It's not premium. He's not Gibral, he? Yeah, he's not. A and while I, I like Gibral was all right. No, by, he did by well at in, um, in the dressing room, he was good, but. He's, it's not that sort of striker. He's like he's not that sort of person. He wasn't that. He's, he, a, he's a clogger with a bit of quality. Yeah, and I think Gibral CC, even though they say that he was all right in the dressing room, I mean, he probably felt that he was doing something a favour playing for them. Mm, I yes. don't know. Mm, I don't know. It's not after his leg breaks, I don't think. I think he was just happy to be out there. Maybe not. But and if you look where he went on to afterwards, it wasn't exactly, you know, in a date with others. No. Play for QPR though, under Mark, Mark Hughes, I think. Yes, he did. Yeah. I just want Sunderland to, to think <clears> about that. In my life, we've always been best when we're focused on you know players that aren't necessarily the biggest names, but do a job and understand it. You know, and I want them to do that. That's how I want the club to be. Honest. To be honest, I don't really want would to ever go back down the path where we've been, where we've thrown money at mm. superstars. Well, this superstars call. This is the um, this is the positive thing about Stuart Donald is that he runs things very efficiently, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sort of thing, you know. We, I don't want to see. So did Martin Bain, apparently. Oh, well, yeah, the different type of efficiency. But yeah, I don't yeah. want Sunderland to be a top ten spender on wages like we have been for the last ten years because that's not Sunderland. Mm. You know, that's not representative of us, and that's not really representative of. Yeah, you want to do it that 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 way that's really satisfying on Football Manager, where you like <laughs> you build a young, hungry side, you sell yeah. a couple of players, and you reinvest on like ten players who all come up through and make your hundred million. You want to do it that way, don't you? Yeah, you do, and I think the thing is, there's something saying that if any, you know, like kind of, um, you know, Middle Eastern guy wants to buy us and throw money at us, I'd like to see. You can do that as well. I don't mind. I'd be, I'd, yeah. I'd be fine. I just think that's a. It's almost the fundamental difference between Sunderland and Newcastle is that Newcastle like that superstar. You know, they love the fact when they. But remember Michael Owen signed for them in the mm. massive hoo ha that went on about it. You know, they bought a player from Real Madrid, and I just think that's sort of Sunderland have almost the failed when going down that kind of route you know they have tried to buy superstars you know Barini 
while yeah, he wasn't a superstar though yeah but he was that's what he was sort of viewed at that's what they try to mm, to make it Connor Wickham was viewed as like the next big thing in the England so team as well like, God, yeah he, he was viewed as a prospect I, I don't think we've well if, if if that has been our mantra to go out and sign superstars then we've not done it very well because I don't think any of these players were seen as superstars before they came I just think they were I just think they'd be poorly advised and they didn't scout properly and they've, they've always bought like not superstars but who's in vogue at the time or like what what what's in fashion at the time Fletcher like, scores 10 goals and yeah, like, yep, yeah 12 million and and when you had Newcastle doing the whole French thing, we thought, all right, we'll 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 get an Italian and we'll get an Italian director of football and we'll buy all of these European players for one million pound. We'll try and do it that way. It never seems like it's been well thought out. It's always just been like flitting between different styles yeah. of well, different shades of shite, really. I just hope that the the new ownership sort of looks at that, learns from the previous mistakes. You know, we kind of you got him. Can't afford to have ten managers in ten years. Can't afford mm-hmm. to do that anymore. They can't afford to have a player turnover as ridiculous as us. You know, I think they said on Sky it's like an average of fourteen out and ten in or something every mm. summer. We can't afford to do that. And to go back to Burnley and, and even Bournemouth, like you look at the the, the crooks of their squad, it's, and it's so like you, you could name it really, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, you can. That's exactly it. You can look at Burnley and be like, right, Steve Cook's going to be playing centre back. One of the things I really, really think we need to do as well, and it's talked about in a book called Soccer Omics, is have the replacement ready before you get the, the, the big name goes. It kind of an, an example, um, although he hasn't gone, would be Burnley with Tom Heaton and Nick Pope. Like they had a quality goalkeeper there, they knew it. So when he's come in, he's done well. Mm-hmm. We need to have that strength and depth without kind of advertising it too much. And I think being in League One actually affords you the opportunity to sort of build that pipeline because mm. you can next year they can afford to throw in younger players. You know, it's essentially we've been talking about wanting to loan players out of lower leagues. We've got well, that they've got that swing now, yeah. now. Yeah, you can, you know, throw Embleton might not have been ready for the championship, but he's had a year and next year in League One, you know, that's where we would have been looking to loan him at. And I, play I, him. I really don't want us to just loan Premier League players I know I really don't want us to loan Ajaria again I don't um, want one loan no neither do I I just want us to have our players and just build them and if they get sold they get sold if they, if it's a lot of money then it's a lot of money and we can't turn it down but what is the point of, of loaning unless like well, the phenomenal like, and it's the only reason we're going to get promoted but what is the point I was just watching like one of those season reviews of the uh, 0405 season when I went I was champions we had like a whole squad of just our players we had Darren Carter on one I think and yeah, I think that might have been it uh, I can't remember any many we others. We had Carter and he did really well. I'm not going to get him back. Mm. Yeah, and same story. We had so many players who were just ours at that season. So we need I more think, like that. I think it's the way. I mean, has any club ever really benefited from having loans? West you know, Brom with really Lukaku. Yeah, but when he went you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's it's hard. It's like Welbeck, you know, we had Welbeck, Ben Jan, and then we ended up selling Ben Jan and we lost Welbeck from loan. But then, <laughs> then we had Neda Manure at the back that season who I had to go back as well. Yeah, Danny yeah. Rowley. And, and, and Alan, Alan Hutton over the years, the list is endless. Well, John, Johnny Evans we got twice. And when you, yeah. psychologically, I almost feel clubs go like, right, we've got him on loan. Well, I don't want to spend money on him now because we've had him anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you're also like, that player's uncertain about where they're going to be next season. So it's like, you know, because obviously then they'll have to give it their best so they can impress their parent club. But it's like, well, well I don't you, know where I'll be here if it, I'll be here next exactly. season. Exactly. No. The, the prime example of that is Barini, who like worked his way into being like a Mackham hero for that year, and then thought, right, I've cracked this. I'll go back to Liverpool and I'll I'll be a star now. And I think that's the reason he was playing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think sometimes too with loans, you know, if we had the opportunity to buy Jan Mvf, for example, which I'm sure we would have when we loaned him. Mm. It must be frustrating if you're the player and the club's like, oh, we we'll like you, but we don't like you enough to commit. Yeah, yeah. A four-year contract to you. It's either you want me or you don't. Yeah, and I think that that must be damaging for loan players quite yeah. a lot. Well, Johnny Evans, did he not want to stay here? I'm sure he, he did, didn't I, he? I, I'm not sure. I think Ferguson mm. wanted him back. Yeah. We, 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 um, we wanted him. Evans is one of the rare cases where we did actually try really hard to get him. Yeah. And we didn't with Welbeck. We did with Jan and Vier, kind of, but not really. Because no, half-assed. Like, we'll wait till January. We didn't really with Barini until the season after. Yeah, it's well. Did we, no, we did try Barini. Did, had... did we put a bid in? Did we? Yeah, he turned it down. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then we like, went running. It was back. fourteen million yeah. pounds, I think. We, we'll try again for yeah, fourteen million, and then the next year we got him for nine, I think. Mm. Now, obviously, we got. Be interesting to see though, where uh, in terms of the back to the takeover, all the fees from Lens, uh, Barini, Kazri, all them, Dilla Dilla Bodgy. Bodgy, 
where that money's going. Is that money going to go back into the club or is that money going to be put... A portion for short. Yeah, because I would imagine if Short is selling the club for free he, he and writing off the debt, if we're going to take that as gospel, that he's doing it that way, mm. there's no way that he's not getting money off that because it, it's essentially his money. He probably paid them transfers himself almost, so mm. he knows he was going to get it. Yeah. It's, it's telling that how just sick of it he is that he's just like, right, wipe the debts off. Well, yeah. Wipe them off. But I want to know, I mean, I want to see what the, even the accounts were. Accounts haven't been released yet, and that's no, obviously been why. But they, they should be released. I think legally they do have to release them at some point. You mm. know, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. And it'd be interesting to see the eventual, you know, information on the takeover, how much it was for, who was exactly involved. The Mirror are reporting just now that um, we're considering Blackpool boss Gary Bowyer as Chris Coleman's replacement. This is according to John Cross. That's rather. I think Blackpool are doing all right this season. And they're not heading towards the playoffs. I, I'm convinced we've got a manager lined up. Otherwise, why sack Coleman? I think it's Mick McCarthy. There's absolutely no reason. Well, Speaking of boy, yeah. Lee boy is going to be lined up against us next season as manager of Charlton. Yeah, and Joey Barton, manager of Fleetwood. Oh, Joey Barton can fuck off. <laughs> and Kevin Nolan running Notts County. So um, there you go. I'm fucking thinking about. <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I just hope we'll have a season like what. Wolves and Norwich and that had down there where you just mm. you go there you go well there. Leicester got down and went up as ended up being the, in the Premier League so I'm not saying we would but you know th- that has that's happened the dream. yeah that's yeah the dream. So. I don't think League One was why that happened like I think no, that's no. just serious Engolo Kante was why that happened Claudio Ranieri yeah. and mm. Mares Vardy Mares what a time that was a good time and I remember everybody thinking that Sunderland could do it the next season because we'd like narrowly escaped relegation. Oh, we can we can win it. We can do it. I can't remember actually thinking that. Like, I can't, I can't remember thinking about. I can remember like you know stupid sport bible going. Oh, it's, it's Sunderland's time. We've had less than it's Sunderland. Nah, no, didn't. Nah, no, didn't. Always relegated. Yeah. Was that how? Mm. Oh, it was. It was like yeah. season. I was thinking if it stayed with Allardyce, maybe yeah. things. Yeah, but yeah, shit happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everton fans are very um, dismissive of Allardyce signing a new contract. It's, that's really annoying because a contract? I think he signed a new year another year he's going next season for sure no he signed a two year when he took over because they finished oh, eighth oh, but is it, just they confirmed he's that he's staying on. yeah no he's definitely staying yeah see I think that's good then but, you know, if I was Everton I'd be like yeah right let he's, him sort like, it all out they're in. like sixth in the form table since he signed he's like stabilised them if they'd have gone down which they could have could well have that would have been a disaster given that they've got Wayne Rooney on about 200 grand a week well think about the whole squad Sigurdsson for 50 million in the summer Balassi, I can't, I can't understand why they bought Balassi. He, he was all right until he got injured. Pace, that's what you need in the Premier League's pace. Oh, that was shit. And he tore us it's apart. It's part at the stadium, I think. Yeah, he tore, us up. he tore us apart for Palace and when Lukaku scored a hat-trick at the stadium like in the second half. Yeah. Balassi was instrumental in that. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that 4-1 against Palace where Balassi scored a hat-trick. I still think he's shit. He's just pace, that's what you need in the Premier League. Yeah, but he's like worse than Zaha. And how much is Zaha worth now? Well, Zaha's been able to go to Tottenham, hasn't he? He'll be 50. 50 mil. Easy. Yeah. Oh, they won 5 0 the weekend, didn't they, as well? He was class. Mm. To be yeah. fair, uh, Leicester, I don't tell men. I, I, I must eat humble pie because I thought Roy Hodgson was going to take Crystal Palace down. He's done a phenomenal job. He's done class. I've put to... him in the conversation from Andrew the Me. I don't care what anybody says. He's done as good a job as anyone in that league. Sean Daishinio. It's got to be Sean. Daish has done a very good job as well. Yes, but he has. I think when a t- he took over what Palace when there were five defeats, no goals. But he had a long, long time to turn them around. Like, yeah, but, he, he's but what, turned what's, the, he's what's kept his face? Up. What's his face was sacked after about three days, man. De Boer he was sacked after about the four games. He yeah, did. he's had a lot of time to be fair. He has. It's it's not it's not quite the the Gus Poyer levels of um, great escape, is it really? I do not like when there were there were eight games, no goals. Yes, all defeats but with, with still with 30 games to play yeah but when Poye came in it was we had like 2 points after 8 games or something did we 1 point actually I think we drew to that one yeah but, but yeah, like, we had 1 point and then we beat Newcastle in his first game yeah, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I don't think, no, I don't think honestly don't think he's managed really yeah did we not beat at Swans in his first game yeah we did it was yeah like in his first game it was 4-0 and then it was 2-1 against we Newcastle we scored like 2 old goals I those can't are, remember those were the days Fletcher on goal. Either way, Hodgson, I think. Uh, he's not my Right, if you're going to pick three candidates, he's number three. I, I think somebody from the Championship should get this season. In the Premier League? How's that going to happen? <laughs> no, no, because you get PFA Manager of the Year, don't you? Not PFA. What's it called? LMA, sorry. I, I think it, they do it on the, the divisions. I don't think no, they do no, it. I think, overall, isn't it? I think if 
Huddersfield stay up, you would look at David Wagner as being a contender for that. That is a good shot. They've probably stuck that thing off the season. If they stay up with two no genius of their own, they've been shy for the last three months. It's just because Stoke Chris, Southampton Chris, is worse. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Chris Hewton's a nice man. He should he should be in the room. Hey, if uh, West Brom still, I'm not, I'm not saying Moore. the other. Bit. I mean, if you're naming them, you've got to name another candidate. And I'm not saying his name. Don't have the swear job with but but <laughs> so and so up the road. If you're counting there, he was a shout. No, he's done an alright job. But I think Guardiola will probably get it, won't he? Just for the start. Of I think Dice will probably get it. Manchester. Really, honestly, but then again, if Man City break a hundred points, he deserves it. I would, yeah. I would love nothing more than Dice to get it. Like I think he's, I think he's marvelous. I remember when um, everyone was like, Nah, Nah, Dice isn't good enough to manage Sunderland. Nah, Nah, Nah. I wanted him. I, I remember. I, 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 <laughs> I remember wanting Dice. I've, yeah, I've met yeah. him as well. Actually, thinking I have met him, and he's, he's so ginger in real life. <laughs> So ginger. <laughs> that's the the that's, one that's thing. That's the right? selling point. And his, his his voice is like so raspy in person. I love his voice. He's got a great voice. He just doesn't he just doesn't bullshit anybody either. I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Sean Dice. Like yeah, he's a, a modern day Peter Reid. Anyways, there's a lot of parallels between the, what he's doing with Burnley now and what Peter Reid did with Zulu. Do you know what's funny? I, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know we talked about Leicester before? The year Leicester won the league. That could have been Sunderland, 99, 2000, 2000, 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were told about this, weren't we? If we'd have just pushed on at Christmas. If we'd not we're second, on them horrendous runs of form, we yep. would have... Yep. Like, two years in a row went on shit runs of form, and I suppose that's probably symbolic Ke- of how bad the Kevin Phillips, was. Jamie Varney. Yeah, the, 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 the parallels are there. Mm. We, if it had... I think if the stars had aligned like it did for Leicester... I think who, who was in goal that year? Was it Sorensen? Yeah. Yes. Sorensen's a better goalkeeper than Kasper Schmeichel, I'm sorry. Like. Oh, I didn't have to line. Both good. They're both good, both but I think, I think Sorensen's better. Both Danish? Both Danish, yeah. Oh, exactly. this is scary. Who, would, who did we have in the middle? We had... Uh, was it Hutchinson? Don Hutchinson? 2000-2001, we had Hutchinson. Yeah. There isn't really any comparisons. Unless you was want was that Claudio Reyna as well? No, Claudio Reyna signed the year He was immense. <laughs> yeah. I, like I was Claudio injured Rennes. though. He didn't do yeah, that. He was, he, he was. He was good though. He signed a one or two. We got rid of Stefan Schwartz. Yeah, yeah signed him ninety nine two thousand for four mil. And then what? I had Summerby on the wing. Summer, uh, yes, we did. But Summerby, he was on his way out, wasn't he? Yeah, and then um, the Alan Johnson never, never played no. in the Premier League. No, Michael Bridges left before. Quinny Phillips, Dickyo on the bench. Danny Dickyo, yeah, super sub. We had uh, Steve Bold. Mm. He had a really good season. Mickey Gray, Chris Megan, Varga the next year. He was class. Stan, Stan Varga, the I best team Varga. Yeah, we had a board burnt Haas the year after that. Mm. I think or one or two. God, good times. And then we almost had. Um, well, we looked at Brian Ibrahimovic, didn't we? And then we got Flo, Ibra, uh, Robbie Keane. Actually, the club actually sent out a, a email to the fans to say we'd signed Robbie Keane. Did they? Yeah. Never I remember. Happened. I remember in. Um, it's a couple of seasons before that, but in the Premier Passions, where um, Bob Murray's sat there and they're all talking with the um, the SLG and stuff, and oh well, we're, we're trying for schools, and we're looking at Paul Gascoigne. Like, what the fuck was he smoking? To be fair, at the time, could they have got Gascoigne? Because Gascoigne like went to Bora and Everton, and that he had like a bit of a possibly, shit but I think his stock was no, was it? I don't know. But Paul Schools was unrealistic. I know, but I hindsight's, think hindsight's a wonderful thing, like, but mad. Well, another one we were linked, we were linked with uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy. So I mean, mm. before he went to Man United, so there's that as well. You know, um, be linked with so many players. I was going to say, I mean, they can't really do too much. We were linked with... Uh, we had Kevin, Kevin Kilban that season. That we, about. we were linked with Fernando Llorente before he went to... Uh, Gavin McCann. Was. Yeah, yeah, let me have a look. Right, hang on. This, uh, let me. See yeah, Gavin McCann. See, I was thinking of that. I was wondering. Just watch the ninety nine two thousand season. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the Wikipedia now. Let's let's read the squad out just for. Oh, well, forgot Alex Ray as well for for a bit of banter. We had Sorensen. Macken, Gray, Macken, Macan, sorry, oh, Chris Megan, sorry. Gray, <laughs> really, sounds like a right tit there. Gray, Kill, Gray, Kilban, Steve Bull, Captain Paul Butler, Nicky Summerby, Thomas Helmet, Nal Quinn, Philip Stickio, Andy Marriott. I forgot about him. Darren, York. Darren Holloway, mm. Third Guard, Darren Holloway, Blythe Spartans assistant, Alex Ray, Jody Craddock was there. Darren Williams, Paul Thurwell, Schwartz, McCann, Wayne Wright, Neil Wayne. I don't remember him. Do you remember Neil Wayne? Yeah, he never played for. I don't think Chris Lumsden. He was a Mark Mayley, player. Thomas Butler, John Oster was there. Eric Roy, Michael Reddy. Fucking hell, that's a it's actually Eric and, and Milton Nunes was there. Eric Waugh. Milton French. Nunes. Oh my gosh, what a player! The guy Nunes. who got the wrong <laughs> player. <laughs> yeah, left the club during the season. Kevin Ball went. Alan Johnson went, and Marcus Di Giuseppe went. Marcus Di Giuseppe hit the bar against Walsall from about sixty yards. Our time. reserve squad had such. Um, Shit houses in it as Kevin Kyle, Michael Proctor was in there. George McCarthy was in the reserve squad. Michael Ingham, remember him? Goalkeeper yeah. played. Um, got beat at home to Redden in 0-4-5 because he was playing in net. I can't remember mm-hmm. why. Poom and Myra must have been injured. Let's have a look at the stats. Do we have Jan Mutcher? 
in goal. There's a reserve Jürgen goal. Macho. Jürgen Macho, yeah. Like he he, yeah, he signed um, 2000-2001. He made his debut against Arsenal on the Olympic day. Because Sorensen went off injured. It's a shame we didn't go for like the League Cup or anything because we got knocked out of Wimbledon in the third round that season, which is a bit... Got beat extra time. Yeah. Carl Cole, I think, scored a hat-trick. Yeah, and that was before uh, Ball had actually left. He scored. Yeah, he did. It, well, it's early in the season. Yeah. I think that was when... Was the League Cup two-legged then? I'm not sure. Um... I don't know if it was at that point. The first round two was two legged, but round three. We beat Walsall, didn't we? Yeah, we beat Walsall five nil. We beat Derby five nil. We beat Walsall five nil mm. with the reserves. Mm. Aye, because we had a we, had, well, we beat Newcastle two one that season, of course, famously. And we had we had just a terrible run from from Boxing Day till till March, into March. It was Everton, Everton. So we got beat five nil Everton. Then we lost 14 games, I think. Or well, went 14 games or something that went in, then beat Everton 2 Wasn't one. there a game in that period where we played Man United, who were top of the league as well? It was my first against second. That was the year uh, after. Oh. Midweek game. Hmm. Andy Cole uh, we punched drew, it in. We drew with yeah. United 2 I know for a fact that my brother will be listening to this and he'll be going, Oh, he said this wrong. He'll text us and he'll be like, You said this wrong. You got this fact wrong. <laughs> he always does. Whenever I get one small thing wrong, he tells us I've done it wrong. Right, so shall we wrap this up? Because we've been talking shite for a long time and I'm tired and I want to eat me Sunday dinner on a Monday. Fair. I'm having meat. pasta meatballs. Pasta meatballs? Who's made them? Beth? No, our dad. A dad? Uh, nice. Our dad's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully our brother's not listening to this. He's in my oh, what a way. What a way to end. Right, thank you for listening. You can catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, blah de blah Oh, actually, I don't know if we'll have a YouTube show this week. Well, we might, we might not because uh, we'll be playing the old football on Wednesday oh yeah shit so I don't think there will be a Rogue Report TV on Wednesday well you can look forward to that not happening um, thanks to all of the people that constantly listen and watch and read on Twitter always interacting with us I was actually debating doing my own personal YouTube videos but I don't know if I can deal with just me looking at the camera right well it's not the Conor Bromley show I was thanking the listeners <laughs> but you know no no I was, I was wanting me, feedback I was... on it what, would, what would it be yeah. about football or well yeah your son Okay. I'm just going to ask the Rogue Report do you who think the I fuck should... are you going to bounce off if you're just sat in a room by yourself no one wants to see that kind of <laughs> that's the feedback I need and well, then I'll be like no I'll just a stupid it. idea like if you want if you want to find somebody else to do you know yeah but you're negative about everything well, I'm not really I'm, yeah, just, but, uh, I'm just negative the, about stupid ideas the studio <laughs> got in Blythe which is a pain in the arse for you again yeah it is a pain in the arse so you can say I can do it with you but then it's... I, can, I can usually but it's just easy when we do it here when we're both here and I the uni, the microphone we had last week was shite. Ah, it wasn't. wasn't it was going hmm, the whole time. And I had to cut it out, and then it was quiet, and the people were like, oh, it sounds shit. And I was like, well, I did write the sound was shit, and the start. I thought I enjoyed Rock Report TV. Yeah, I did. It was good. We got a free beer. Yeah, yeah, we so. did. Oh, Church Lane, yeah, go and eat them. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I shout out to all of the um, the regulars on, on Rock Report and such like. Shall we name some? What? Of the, of the nice regulars that. Uh, that populate our news feed we've got um, Graham Field's my favourite Field up. I like Field a lot he's always that's a good insightful question it always makes fine. me think uh, I get a, I get a notification if it's Graham I'm like I'm gonna put me thinking cap on because he always he always drops it just before like I'm going to bed like he obviously <laughs> yeah, he must just wait just like long <laughs> he must finish at like 10 o'clock at night or something because he always is like 11 o'clock I missed the one last night he, he tweeted both of us and I missed it because I was I, I replied because I was just getting into a gig the DMAs they were, they were brilliant actually uh, anybody likes the DMAs give me a copy took his last out for, his, for our birthday did did yep those other days gave her a treat gave her a treat yep. I treat then and then when she got in hey ho I couldn't possibly confirm or deny just in case Darren her dad listens to the podcast <laughs> Dazza big up Dazza right anyway well on that uh, on that note we'll end up there aye right okay. goodbye Tarantz. bye a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.